So this is it. So one of the lads was on ChatGPT, and it's a good example of how these things, no matter what they are, they betray the biases of whoever programmed them. And you can run the tests. You can run as many tests as you want. You can get as many users as you want. But ultimately, this is the whole thing with like AI and um, Blatsking not being able to pass certain tests and, and do whatever. But the best example was given today when the person went to ChatGPT, and I've seen it do some like really mad, like accurate, I guess, estimations of what of, of the content that it's been given. But when the lads gave it a song, it said, "Write a." Pusha T, <laughs> a song by Pusha T about his dislike of Elon Musk, <laughs> and this I was like, "There's no this. It's Pusha T is actually quite an easy rapper to parody if you've listened yeah. to him. It's going to be Coke references and it's going to be high luxury rap, mm. basically. Listen up, I got a bone to pick with this billionaire who thinks he's slick. He's got a vision, <laughs> or so he says. But he's just a snake in a suit and shades. Ah, chorus." I ain't feeling Elon Musk. He's all talk, no heart or guts. He's just a fraud, a fake, a sham. I ain't feeling Elon Musk. It sounds like Curtis Blow. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, here, Elon Musk. <laughs> Welcome to another Black in a Box show all about black faces in white spaces telling the world see i just changed it up this time i like it mm. freestyle <laughs> okay starting 2023 with a bang all in the studio jello you good very very good you got bass he's large and in charge he's ready for it <laughs> tell you what he's not ready he's iron where's your iron mate i'm sorry i've just traveled <laughs> 250 miles I've just traveled 250 you, miles and man's coming at man for a shirt. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I see you. Mate, it's you always you. comes here ready. ready Scorp go, Scorpio. Man. Scorpio. Okay. So I see it. I, see I, it. I have no pleasantries for you. Friday the 13th. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> what does it really mean, Alana? I have nothing for Friday the 13th. <laughs> I actually just think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a witch. I don't get superstitious about stuff. Right that. Right yeah. that. I, I'm hearing Mer Mercury's in retrograde till February 24th. My God. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to get into it, there are like three planets in retrograde right now. And I think that's probably why I find myself like maniacally laughing one second and then just like breaking down into tears and like some mm. old shit for me is coming up. Um, you didn't ask me how I was doing, but that's how I'm doing. And I'm going to blame the planets. January 18th, though. Everything goes direct. January 18th, market calendars. What, what does that mean? So, okay, are we gonna get into this? Let's get into this just really quickly. So when you are looking at the planets and how they revolve around the sun, sometimes it appears that certain planets are actually going backwards because of their like, I don't know, maybe they're on like a over, ovular loop or whatever anyway so sometimes it looks like the planets are going backwards and that's called retrograde and in those moments you have to be like extra reflective and careful and mercury retrograde is the one that like fucks everybody up because it's in control of like communication and travel and so yeah okay but there's like three planets in retrograde right now interesting thank you anyway you're welcome dan how are you I'm good. I'm good, man. You know, <laughs> just that sounds really dismissive. I just I don't have anything to add. That's I'm fine. Boring. No, it's good. Thank you. 
I, and I'm not taking a piss either. You are. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I've already got my jokes off in the past about that kind of mm. stuff. I'm, I'm interested. I'm curious. Okay, I'm bulletproof. It's fine. <laughs> this is it. And the good thing about um, what what do you call it? What's a name for that kind of thing? Astrology. Astrology is no matter what happens, it's because that's what was meant to happen because the moon and star said it. Mm -hmm. Planets. There we go. So eventually, you're going to be wrong <laughs> if you scoff at it. So it's better just I'm not to scoffing go with, at anything. It's better just to go with I'm it. I'm not scoffing at anything. Good man. I'm good though. You know, we just it's always good to start a year on the front foot. That's what I feel like we're doing. The post queen media blitz of the royals reached its crescendo. We had the Netflix Harry and Meghan double drop documentary. Has anyone here watched it? No. Nope. Yeah, so I've seen the first three because <laughs> I was like, believe this. The first, yeah, I mean, yeah, seen the first three, six, and then he's now released a book <laughs> called Spare. Talking, of course, about Meghan Markle and unfortunately the prince who wasn't promised and is very upset about it is Prince Harry doing exactly what needs to be done in exposing the monarchy for what it is, the white knight. Or is he perhaps a white blight on the UK for chucking his toys out the pram? <laughs> <laughs> and airing his dirty laundry jello. Let's, he's, a, he's a geriatric millennial former serviceman and member of the royal family who fell in love and married a woman of colour. I think that if, if we're going to do anything in 2023, we need to stop putting people up on pedestals and we need to start recognizing the limitations of individuals. If I'm gonna be generous about Prince uh, Harry, I would say he's been on a long process of change which should be applauded from someone who has spent most of his life in institutions that uphold and benefit from existing hierarchies and isms. <laughs> uh, if I was going to be less generous, I would say that he fits very s snugly into the current um, media ecosphere of recognizing that attention is oxygen, is money, and is monetizing the brand. I don't think he is, from the things that I've read and what I've seen, he doesn't really seem to have a critique of monarchy. Uh, mm. He just seems to be upset that he wasn't allowed to have his vision of monarchy. Um, our friend of the pod, Nels Abbey, had an article uh, where he um, talked about an argument that he and William had where apparently William had said, you know, Africa is mine. And just even that as a, as, a, as, a, as a phrasing is very weird, very interesting. Mm. Um, um, yeah, um, and, and we will we will we'll get to that. Like, does he need to have a critique of monarchy? He's. I mean, it's. Can can you be? Can you? Okay, let me throw a question back at you. Um, without a critique of monarchy, how can anything that anything quote unquote progressive that he would try to say have any oxygen? Well, he's ex he's to my mind, what he's doing is. <clears throat> to an extent slaying the sacred crowd like he's 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 revealing that they are but a family with the same with the same 
stains and dirty bed sheets and dirty linens that every single other family is has except now that's exposed this whole thing where it's like a bit of a almost like a wall of silence that's there's that's there's now you know recordings from inside inside the house like i don't see this i don't see him as this this agent sent to bring to bring the whole thing down he's just he's a disgruntled farmer no yeah it's like family drama to me yeah he's he's just doing it for therapeutic reasons i reckon yeah housewives man it's real housewives yeah the thing is for me yeah i i find it all a bit wild because i've said enough times that because i couldn't care less about the royal family not not one of them i don't care I used to have Meghan Markle as my wallpaper when I was about 20 years old. That no, you didn't. Genuine, listen, I like suits. <laughs> no, no, I like didn't. Suits. Listen, be, be a 20 year old man, a heterosexual 20 year old man and go back and watch suits and not put Meghan Markle as your wallpaper on your phone. She was, she was all right. That was as far as my leanings towards the, the monarchy came. But hold on, why are you having posters up on your wall at 20 years not, old? Not on my actual wall. On my, I think it was on my uh, on my desktop back. No, no, my wall, no, my wall, no, my wall. It absolutely wasn't. He cut some of them out of uh, loaded FHM. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Max Power magazine. It was next to a Vauxhall Nova. <laughs> <laughs> the sick, sickest last bike. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. The, the way that I think about it is, I've said for years now that I actually think that it's almost like a human rights violation to be born into a royal family. I think it is wild mm. that from the second you are born. You are everywhere. You don't have any kind of um, independent. You're not really an independent person. You don't make anything for yourself. You can't do nothing for yourself. You can't go anywhere. When you're that level of royal, I think it's a human rights violation. Princess Eugenie, one of Harry's cousins, was in my year at uni, right? And she couldn't go to a club without having like three or four middle-aged men wearing ridiculous shit. It's just stood in different parts of the room. It's a human rights violation. It's I think quite, now quite a few clubs in Newcastle, that wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but these were the these, these were the different world headquarters oh. and that kind of stuff. <laughs> where everyone's double dropping, and then you've got these forty-five-year-old men in the corner with with backwards hacks and shit. It was it was weird. Um, but now the way I look at it is, it's a human rights violation. This guy has had no, he's not a life, his entire existence, and now it's come to a point where okay, I've not had a life, my family that I currently have my nuclear family now, can't catch a break. Why should I not just go and, like you say, air my dirty linen in public? Because everybody else gets to write their shit. It's my turn. Like, I don't care. For me, it's just like a, a, an episode of Maury. That's all it is. Ricky uh, Lake and them. Alana, as an American woman who has stolen one of our good British men, um, why do you think... <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that Britain has such vim for, for that particular relationship? I mean, we've already gone through it when we talked about like all of the Meghan Markle stuff, right? Like there's the the obvious racism and a, I think more than that, like a misogyny as well. And I think from the outside looking in, and I think we probably would all agree, there's this very weird relationship between the crown, the royal family, and the British press and tabloids. And I feel like one of the things, like anything that seems to be anti-royal family or criticizes the royal family, there are certain key tabloids that seems to just go like all in against whoever is criticizing them and or who represents any sort of 
change to the status quo that the royal family represents. So that was first with Meghan Markle, right? And so we saw how she was treated, like we don't need to go back over that. But I thought it was so interesting how since Harry has come out and he has been sharing his side of things and offering criticism to his family, not even necessarily from a, a monarchy standpoint, but this is my experience growing up in this world. The tabloids, the the headlines Feral. that you see, they're like, they're going in after him. Like I saw one of them was like the Telegraph, obviously, like, of course, they would post something like this, but it was something like, Basically, like, wham, 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 Prince Harry, he grew up privileged, and now he's, like you said, like, throwing his prams mm -hmm. out, of, or throwing his toys out the pram. Um, and then they said something like, where is it? They were like, uh, up next, we'll be talking about uh, Prince Harry's new book and also the cheapest supermarket in London and other biggest talking points right now. So it's just like, they fucking hate him. And it's interesting to see the way that he's being treated in the press. And then I was looking at some articles about his book and just, you know, the whole story in the States, so mainly like CNN or even like LA Times or whatever. And it's a much more balanced representation, I guess, because the American press doesn't have to defend the royal family. So to I just- To Americans, the royal family is it's almost like the Kardashians because it's, it's fictional to Americans. Yeah, yeah, it's totally, it's like glitzy. It's kind of, it's so, Unfortunately, I do think it's still kind of like put on a pedestal because mm. we in the States don't have yeah. a monarchy. But it's, yeah, it's just very interesting to see because here in the UK where you'd think there would be some sort of someone coming to Harry's defense, well, like silence. Yeah. Well, this is in America, like you worship wealth. Mm. And then there's obviously the line between wealth, new money and old money. Mm -hmm. and the monarch is the oldest money in the game so like in terms of if that society you can see how they'd be sort of elevated to a different level but yeah it's funny you're talking about the, like the, the papers they do not know what to do with it because they've basically they want to have smoke for him but that, i think and that's part of the reason and he's he's from the stuff i've seen the clips i've seen of his audiobook which I tell you what, whoever told him, to <laughs> I, I tell you, whoever told him to voice that himself is an abs. Give them a raise this year. Some of the that is going to be getting memed for the rest of, of existence. Yeah, exactly. Poor Elizabeth it's, Arden. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine clocking in for work on the Elizabeth Arden social team. Rested oh, man. Oh, but. It's ab it's an absolute and and he's waged this war and I remember get, having conversation with people. People are like, why is he just saying all this stuff? Why is he coming out and saying stuff? And I remember thinking, this sounds to me like, and me and my friend Frank at the time we've joked about this a lot. He's like, well, if the papers ever came to me and they were blackmail me, he'd say, well, that's not even the top ten loosest things I've done. <laughs> and then he just lists like five things which are absolutely abominable. And this is basically what he's done. And he says in his book, like he because. They were essentially trying to blackmail him. That is why he's been so open and bare in this. You cannot, he's put himself in a position where I hope for his sake, he's hes basically bared everything. It's and him controlling the narrative, right? Exactly. Like, take, like his whole life, he's been the victim of whatever the press is saying about him. Mm. And now he gets to regain some control that I think he's never felt. Yeah. But and this is also the far right playbook as well. I'm not saying that he's a member of the far right to be very clear, but you flood the zone, right? Like this is this was this was what 
Donald Donald Trump was very adept at. Why 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 do you care that I said grab her by the whatever when I'm kind of uh, cheating on my taxes? Why do you care that I'm cheating on my taxes when I've said that Obama is a, a Muslim terrorist? Why do you care that I've said that? He's, and if you just keep flooding the zone, you can't get angry at every single thing, and eventually you get fatigued. So if you bear everything, I th- I think that's I think that's Stretch Armstrong in this case. He literally it's written the book was written in one go, and he's like it's just it's the self. It's, that's all he's got now. Is a, is a defense is to is to get stuff out in the open, um, and I feel yeah, as you say, like Daily Mail. Oh, don't listen to this guy. Here's seventeen pages. <laughs> no, but no, no. You say you say it's stretch Armstrong, but that's that's the point, isn't it? Is like you you you're, you're going to take one thing and turn it into a bombshell. Here's a mm. hundred things. Try and keep your your audience interested for all hundred. Yeah. Uh, to go back to to what you were saying earlier, I feel like. At its heart, and with, when you read through most of this, it's it, it's not taken in context. Most of it isn't bombshells. It's just it's it's an autobiography, and you get like the kind of mundanity of this of this human's life, where he's essentially talking about his squabbles with his brothers, and they try to blow them out of proportion. But it's just like just like a boy fighting with his brother. Yeah. But it's only it only registered because when you think of how kind of grotesque the stakes are when as you were saying and talking about Nels this when they're squabbling over a nation of people over who gets continent to be the a continent of people who, who gets to be the savior and he's like it's mine it belongs to me I am this thing and that for me is where he's gonna have to continue to do the work I give him an I give him an immense amount of credit as for, for beginning that self-work and saying he's doing it openly but that's a lifelong thing, and he's rightly mm. been pulled up. And his his blind spot in the minute is that he doesn't he's not connecting the dots of how that mindset actually mm. what that that what 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 the implications of him still having that mindset now. He may be describing something that happened in the past, but mm. he's still not connecting what that actually means. Yeah, and I think that's where like the conversation about okay, well do we need to be listening to him commenting on the monarchy versus like looking at it as somebody who's just sharing reflections about their family and their upbringing um, is really important because obviously when we talk about race and racism, like he did that Oprah interview and then Megan said the thing about um, somebody in the royal family questioning how dark their baby was going to be. And I don't think at the time like anything like that was denied, but the implication at that time was that it was a racist comment and question. And then I think Harry did an interview with Anderson Cooper where that got brought up and he said that it wasn't done from a racist place. And then, but then went on to say something like, yeah, you know, if you're in a, a mixed race couple, then you might be able to expect that maybe the the white side of the family is going to question um, how dark the child is going to be. And I was like, hello, why do you think they're questioning that? Why do you think that the white side of a family would be concerned about the color of the child that's going to come out of their other family member that is based in racism it. it's like he's not and i, and I it's don't not understand. just a white family it's the white family it's the it's <laughs> you're literally the from the founding family of white supremacy <laughs> like how i don't that's where i'm kind of like obviously he's on this journey it's, but i'm like maybe 
maybe stop talking about that particular topic because you're not quite there uh, yet. But I, yeah, and to be fair, like the, my girlfriend Emma, she was she was picking it. She picked up on that exact inconsistency. I don't want him to stop talking about it. I think it's important that people do that. He sees the problem with it and the inconsistency. Mm. And if you're going to be someone that speaks about it, you've got to keep speaking about that journey if you're going to be taken seriously. Yeah. Him stopping talking is more damaging in my eyes. Yeah. And take responsibility. Like he kind of, one of the things where I was like, even if what you're saying is true, you shut up, which was about kind of saying that it was William and Kate's idea to wear the Nazi outfit. Doesn't matter. You wore it. Own it. Move on. And uh, it's such a it's small. If you're going to do the work, if you're going to kind of say, I need to change, the, the the learning from that isn't, is not putting it out there that somebody pressured is that I did it, but I don't know. Would you put your family things out in the street like this? There's not enough words in the world for me to write a book about my family, honestly. <laughs> I'll be here forever. <laughs> Some just keep it 100 and keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as though you asked, where should I start? <laughs> and you see Jamaicans, boy. Hey. Oi. It'd be, honestly, the different volumes for different fathers and different all sorts. Yeah, yeah. There's too much going on. Should we move on to another white night? Mixed race night. Oh, jeez. Is he, is he, but is. So, we're going to talk about Andrew Tate, but I didn't realise that I'd known about Andrew Tate before I, I never clocked the link between him and his dad. So, for those of you that don't know, I'm a chess fan. Andrew Tate's dad is like, was one of, is like one of the great trailblazers in black chess. He was like one of the first international masters, Emery, Emery Tate. And I never, never once. I've never heard the phrase black chess before. As a, as a black sorry, chess player. No, I, a trailblazer in the black chess the movement. Black chess. Come on. Um, so I never, I, but the thing is I, I watch They only video. played with one color. <laughs> see, see, see what you guys are doing. <laughs> see the trigger ch again. <laughs> That's a confusing uh, Oh, we can't let him lose. He's <laughs> <laughs> got to win. He's, oh, the whole movement's gonna be, it's gonna be over. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jell, I got Please. <laughs> See you yet. Check um, Tate. So, yeah, no, we're going to talk about Andrew Tate. Um, and the thing is, is like, I think everybody in our pod are not the demographic. So I literally had to do. Oh, you, you would say that as a low value male. <laughs> 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 <So>. <laughs> they see me in my Bentley. <laughs> They call me Mr. Plenty. I genuinely thought, I'm like you, I was so late to it because I thought it was the resurgence of the Manu Fan TV guy. I genuinely thought it was, give it skulls it to end at season, I thought it was him. <laughs> Honestly. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to get my shit off, by the way. I'm going to get go my on, shit go off. on, sorry. Yep. Um, no, so I did, I did a search and I, I, I just had a look at his Twitter and I was looking through it and I was, I was I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit underwhelmed I was like, this seems like the most Pinterest vapid shit. So like literally the first thing that I saw on there um, was this video of him kind of like working out with his glasses, having a cigar or whatever. And it says, uh, if you believe it will work out, you will see opportunities. If you don't, you'll see obstacles. I'm like, this is, this is what's got young men in a show called. Shit. Um, and... But then I started going down a bit further. And I'm like, so the brand is basic self-affirmations. If you, you know, flipping neck, if you believe you can do, if you don't, then you won't. Um, 
and then so my question then was like, well, why is this so pervasive? And then I kept, I kept scrolling down, I kept scrolling down. And then I came across this video that I shared with Alana just before we came in. And this guy had asked him a question, you know, in a world where there's like, um, you know, 2,300 genders and, you know, the matrix. He talks about the matrix, uh, like, which I think must be like the new improved dark web. Um, or, you know, he, you know, you know, how do you, how are you going to raise your kids? And I was like, oh, here we go. And then I listened to it and I was like, do you know what? He's saying some really interesting things. And I'm not saying interesting as a cover for like, I love what he said, but he gave a really good critique of consumer capitalism and the breakdown of families and the fact that people are having to go to work and so they can't raise their children. You're like, if you just listen to that, but you could clip that and be like, that's actually a good thing. But then between he's like, um, you know, my bloodline and my legacy. And uh, you know, you know, in, in the good old days, a man would uh, be the man of the house and the woman would, would stay at home and the man would go out of work. And when the man was out of work, the woman would kind of take on the man's characteristics and she would do the man stuff. And you're like, Ah, uh, okay, it's the it's the ninety nine point nine percent. You know how bleachers are like, yeah, it kills all ninety nine point nine percent, but it's that zero point one that it doesn't clean that will that's kill why you. It's so dangerous, and that's why it's so dangerous because actually, as as a branding exercise, his Twitter is amazing because actually it's all this basic. As, as the entry point, if you're just seeing this, if you're kind of a person with low confidence and you kind of set, you're seeing all this stuff, if you believe it will work out, it will do, um, you know, have a get up and go attitude. Right, it's just, it's, and you start believing it. But the problem with any sort of messianic figure is you have to be all in. You have to believe all of it. So you can't just believe, oh yeah, if I, if I have a positive mindset, if I get up early, if I do it, if I build good habits. You've also got to believe, there's too many genders and, you know, men are, you know, all of this stuff. And you find yourself in a position that a lot of people have found themselves in over the last few weeks where you are hearing voice recordings of him admitting, uh, allegedly, it hasn't gone through the courts yet, to uh, sued, to, 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 <laughs> to, to raping a woman and defending him and calling it, well, this is an example of the Matrix. And... The problem is, is that people get so far in, and then it's very difficult to come out. It's it's new age cultism. That's 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 all it is. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I think we are in this peak age of the individualist. That actually, he can say all he wants about family. His whole brand is. He he always has this phrase: "I am indefatigable and perspicacious." And it sounds good, doesn't it? No. No, it doesn't. It sounds doesn't. completely... Do you know the only other person, the only two other people in the last two years I've heard use the word indefatigable in, in the public domain? George Galloway. George Galloway and Boris Johnson. <laughs> two other mm. massive egotists. Yeah. Um, and, but I'm going to drop in the, the gif of George Galloway in that cat. <laughs> <laughs> But but it's but the thing is is like that is that is what all cult leaders do, don't they? They kind of start by saying there is a problem, and you go, I agree, there is a problem, mm -hmm. and they say I have a solution that will work, and they might have a solution that will work, and then they will say, and now you need to follow me, mm -hmm. because also sprinkled into his uh, Twitter is all these stories of guys that joined his website and they had nothing; they were living off of. $4 McDonald's meals, and now they're making $15,000 a day. It's Ponzi schemes. But yeah, it's, uh, what, Hustlers University? 
mm. and that's what it is because it's funny you say i've got something that work for you these things are all exactly the same yeah. come in he's running out of his little it's some apartment in 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 watford at barnet before i think before he got drummed out of london and now he's you know when he was arrested he was in transylvania or wherever <laughs> but do you know that notice that these guys never sell you a cure because as chris rock said before will smith slapped the taste out of his mouth there is no money in the cure there's money in the comeback so you're going to need to keep coming back because I need to reveal the threats to the matrix. And like, why are you so scared of how people identify? Why are you so scared of people being independent? Why are you, yeah. why, why if, your, if your issue is that you don't feel that people want to have sex to you, is your answer to be the issue is with them and not with me? It's... Mm just today when i was actually doing some research for this for this pod it's funny because another i saw that thing the matrix i saw that statement it's weird that the matrix has come back in knowing what we know now about the wachowski fascinating that it was actually yeah what the wachowskis were really trying to say and people just glossed right over that so for people that don't know just super quickly yeah. um the wachowskis are a trans trans siblings and they have openly come out and said that the matrix is a story about a trans journey so for him to be using this while at the same uh, using this phrase the matrix while at the same time mm. being so openly hostile to anybody that would identify as trans is it's it's more than ironic it's 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 horrible it's disgusting but it is also ironic but this is also that is also a tactic of far right sort of mentality or regimes is taking the symbols of something and taking it as your own and making it seem like it's something other than what it originally was intended to be and i don't know if andrew tate is doing that intentionally because he's not really the first person to refer to the matrix as like I know things that nobody else does and I'm I'm really awoke like I'm awake now and but it I think that's why it's so dangerous is because you use sort of 50% you can kind of get on board with and like you said the it's other It's more than like, 50 because you only need it to be a little bit yeah. warped yeah. to change the whole world. You yeah. put one drop of ink in the water of a plant when its petals are blooming, you change the whole color of the petals. Folksy truisms yeah. with just a couple of kernels, um, which will but it's change crazy. the whole thing. Because we were talking again before, how does that happen? Because I've seen this happen as somebody, you know, I'm from LA, so in the spiritual community or whatever, and like, wellness, new age, all of that stuff. Obviously, we know this about me. But there was that whole thing, right? Where it was like, in the beginning of 2020, it was like, here's some natural ways to like boost your immunity and the mind-body connection and making sure that you're, you know, like meditating and doing all of this stuff. And also don't wear a mask because they're gonna inject you with like, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna become like brainwashed. And I was just like, okay, 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 like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, how does it, how does it get so close? And then there are the, there are the people who are like willing to go on the entire journey. And then there's the people like me who just had to like unfollow a bunch of people. Cause I'll answer it in, I'll answer it in 40 seconds. Okay, cause I'm, as I, I work with, I work with children and young people a, a lot and I see them a lot on the stage. So give me 40 seconds. Here's how it works. 
if you are 16 today, you have only known austerity. You have only known that times have got difficult. You have seen that the society that has been lauded as a good thing has slowly stripped back libraries, has slowly stripped back youth clubs, has stripped back public services. If you live in a village, you can't get into town. You you realize that you live in a society that is not designed for you. So you then, but you're constantly being told by the older generation that you're lazy, that you're not hardworking. So somebody comes along and says, you're not the problem, you immediately glob onto that person. And they say that if you have a positive mindset, you can achieve things, which is true, you immediately glob onto that person. And by the time you kind of get to the stage where they're saying, I'm a proud misogynist, there's no such thing as an independent woman. If they don't give it to you, you take it, you're too far in because the initial truths that they gave you are so powerful. Yeah, it's forty-one seconds. Oh damn! <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> As I just yeah, just to get to go back around to that, when we were talking about the Matrix, it was funnily enough, it was Logan Paul. Mm, Logan yeah. Paul was saying, "Oh, the Matrix is real. Just pray it doesn't come for you one day." And it just made me think again. It's it's all marketing. We've seen all the nonsense this week with this prime wakey wine stuff. <laughs> He's fully in... I only found out that yesterday. Bro, he's fully in selling mode. Wait, what is this? Wakey Wines. I don't think you'll find it as funny as me and him. Yeah. Okay. So essentially to 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 package it up, <laughs> KSI and Logan Paul have this energy drink called Prime and it's it's obviously all branding and it's only in certain places. It's in Aldi where it's been really hard to get. It's been selling out everywhere. People have been literally queuing up like a Supreme drop and there's a place in Wakefield called uh, Wakey Wines and he's <laughs> okay. had people on TikTok doing videos like... What's the best shop in, in the world? Are you come here to get your prime? And people have been buying prime for like. What's the best shop in So, yeah. Peak so, Yorkshire. No, that, that is was, funny. Like £100 <laughs> funny. ago for a, a bottle of just an energy drink. Oh, stop. And yeah, anyway, so he's, he's fully on his selling message and it's the same stuff. So, I can see how one crook would recognize another crook. Mm hmm. And and the, the the whole th there's been rumours that um, that uh, the younger Paul brother uh, Jake Paul wants to fight Andrew Tate and it's it's all about making money. But whilst they're making their millions and billions, a generation of young people are going are being led down a very dark path. It's going to need people to again realise that they're going to become imperfect allies. But if they kind of take a step and ask what we've got to do it. Because otherwise, what's what's the solution? Yeah, the one the the one other point that I wanted to make connecting the whole Andrew Tate thing actually with Prince Harry is that what I have seen again, at least in the media, is there have been a lot of far right media outlets, public figures who have really taken someone like Andrew Tate and have said, "This is what a man is." and this is the type of man that we need and like really bolstering him while at the same time there's been the emasculation of someone like Prince Harry where I can't remember what um, cartoonist did it but there was like a cartoon of him a while ago where it was like Megan with uh, Prince Harry on a leash and there was like this whole thing about like obviously misogyny directed towards Meghan's way, but then basically making Prince Harry out to be like soft because he talks about his feelings and like doesn't have that stiff upper lip. He goes to therapy and this, that, and the other. And it's like, this is what we need. <laughs> like that's, that's a man, like that's a human, like these are the people that we need. But it's like, 
But this is the insidious It's like thing. old world versus new world. And like in the middle is this weird like discourse about these two men that are so different. And ugh. two quick things and we'll move on. One, Andrew Tate has, and again, I've only looked at like the first 15 things that he's posted from the top of his Twitter, talks about fear, says, I get scared, and da, da, da. but then he's like, but I, you know, I conquer, I go, there's no way to do it. So he does talk about it. So again, it's that thing of like, we're saying we need, you know, all people to open up, but particularly, you know, heterosexual men, because they kind of, it's it's, it's an epidemic that, we, that we're going through. But he does, but then he'll kind of, he'll then root it within, the same old misogynistic tropes, mm. but it's about again broken contracts. Andrew Tate uh, trades off the broken social contract, and he is saying, "I offer you something better." Harry is making his trade off the broken contract. He should have been guaranteed certain freedoms and protections as a member of the royal family, and he wasn't. So now, as a way of either protecting his family, making sure they've got enough money, whatever his reason is, he is kind of created for himself a new contract. Everything is linking back to the idea that what we were promised we have not been given the the old trope that the every future generation should be able to do better than the previous generation does not exist anymore and we're seeing the inevitable offshoots of that mm. that was far too long talking about that bench <laughs> <laughs> barbados a paradise <laughs> some may say i wouldn't say so I would. Do not, do not, Dom, let's not start island politics on the pod. There is no island politics. Barbados is Caribbean light. Wow. It is. Barba <laughs> if you go to Barbados and compare it to any of the other Caribbean islands, pure fuckery. <laughs> beautiful, though. It is beautiful. I'll give you that. It's beautiful. And it's interesting when you, when I, you know, I called it a paradise. Hasn't always been. Mm -mm. Hasn't always been. So. Barbados, the Barbados authorities. Barbadian? Bajan. Bajan authorities. Uh, come in for Benedict Cumberbatch is what the papers would have you believe. So Benedict Cumberbatch comes from a family that owns land that was used for as a plantation for he comes from slave owners though no, we're not we're not gonna dance around this look at this man being like no 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 it's he called benedict cumberbatch <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst kept secret of all time we you all know, knew this no, no, i mean yeah but before the slave owners there was something else so that's why i you know i don't identify for someone that was comes from something that was one thing in you know their lineage all right that's fair fair enough say, carry on you know <laughs> Pretty the story, his family owns land used in a, as a plantation for centuries. The country is going to sue for that land. There's been a general effort over years to sort of reclaim that land, take it back, reuse it for municipal purposes, which sounds reasonable to me. That's all multi-generational plantation landowners being asked to return it under threat of legal action. And he's famous, so that's why his name is out there now to me reparation is a word that needs <laughs> a rebrand and in this case i feel like you the, this this is obviously more reclamation than reparation because you cannot undo generational harm with money but to me it's always worth settling the debit of 
owning up to the people still living in that place and the people that have suffered those ha- that harm through you know the previous generations in their family owning up making good today by marking what you did before with a gesture that reflects that guilt where benedict cumberbatch is concerned it's tough but you gotta <laughs> swallow it <laughs> he, <laughs> he, the man got paid twice for slavery this is fucking wild like <laughs> put that to one side you can't have a surname like Cumberbatch and then your agent comes to you and like, I've got a role. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slaver in a, in, a, in a film called 12 Years a Slave. And you just be like, yep. You got paid <laughs> for it the first time, MF. You can't take that role. Like you gotta be like, no, nah, I'm a gracefully bow to fuck. No, sorry. Now that I've got that out. If I may. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it is? So... Natalie Hanman in 2014, Natalie Hanman's a Guardian columnist, she said that individuals should not be individually responsible for the crimes of our ancestors. We should take collective responsibility. Completely fine, I agree with that. Barbados is going after Benedict Cumberbatch, I think the most commercially successful British actor of, of his generation. They're going after Richard Drax, who is a conservative MP, and they are going after the royal family. I completely agree that we should take uh, collective responsibility, but they are going after institutions. And surely that is the right thing, because yes, you can say, well, take uh, uh, collective responsibility, but there has to be, you're right, Dan, there has to be redress. But, sorry, to like, are they going after Benedict Cumberbatch? Because I thought there was like, they're having no. discussions and they're basically looking to see if they will do it voluntarily. And if they won't do it voluntarily, then they are going to consider legal options. Because uh, Be- I thought that he, I thought their family had sold that plantation or whatever it was. So the article that I read kind of said, we're, we're looking to uh, have them uh, we're in discussions. And if they mm. break down, then we'll uh, assess our legal options. Mm. But the point is, is that, People that are kind of like, I'll oh, get over it. It's like, well, you recognize the, the intrinsic value of what was taken because you don't want to give it up. And, and sorry is just not enough. And actually, what they're asking for, I think, is pretty... I think, as you said, Dan, they're asking for the land. And they're saying that they would turn those into municipal buildings. They will turn those into things that will help the people. Um and do you remember uh, Kimberly Jones in the wake of George Floyd, the American poet who spoke so eloquently? And we've, we've used the clip on the pod before where she said, people in this country should be lucky that we're, we're not seeking revenge. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that always I find so wild is that the most moderate kind of calls for restitution, reparation, redress, is met with such a stiff uh, front. And it's it's exactly why, if we wanna take it to a different thing, the British Museum will not give up anything because they recognize that if they did, in very short order, they would have an empty museum because that place is a mausoleum for stolen goods mm-hmm. from other lands. So Benedict Cumberbatch, I don't have smoke for Benedict Cumberbatch as an individual, but you can't do 12 Years a Slave, I'm sorry. But I wanna, be, I wanna get onto a film set that he's on and just look at him the whole time. And when he goes, why are you looking at me like that? I just wanna go, 
I, I'm just trying to work out if your family owned mine at some part. In time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, because... No, but if, what, like, and this is the thing, though, like... And this is... I'm now, I'm now defending this guy, like... Is he is he not supposed to exist? No, my smoke, my smoke very specifically is not for his legacy because um, obviously a lot of German people have gone through this with Nazism. They are they there are lots of German people who are the families of Nazi and they go through this guilt. But it's you can't do twelve years a slave. I'm sorry, you just can't. But he did. Why not? Yeah, and, and he, get paid wait, twice. To be fair, he's he spoke. He's been obviously. He did a whole press tour for this at the time, and I, I remember this because this, this. I mean, we're, on, we're all online. People seem to forget about things, and then we have to just go through the same cycle of them remembering it again and again and again about every twelve months. So, we've kind of done this with him, and I think his his point at the time was like it's it's how is the role like the role is not uh, one of glory it, it's it's pretty it's mm. as it's as you had to say some ends truthful <laughs> i remember it's as truthful um and and as pretty much horrible uh, a depiction of a slave owner you're gonna get on on celluloid if it's just because people in the family were like that i mean is there anyone better to play that role if you're making a point but but what point are you making? Look at these dirty bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were you not just saying that Harry should be speaking out against royal, uh, against monarchy? Yeah, let's be consistent. It's the same kind of thing. May, may, maybe, maybe my smoke, as it always is, is for the system of capitalism that we live in, that they're making coin for it. But like, donate your fee. Donate your fee. You, you, he was a made man at the time he took that film. Donate your fee. For I did. What? I did think donate about your that. Fee, donate your fee to. <laughs> but why to the though? Like, that's why? his business. Why are you watching his his now money? No, no. Because his then money comes like. The, I get that. I get that. But again, what we were saying before, we can't necessarily hold him to account based on stuff that's happened in the past. It's not him. I, it's not him. Uh, and this this is this is a pertinent point because he's become. This physical embodiment, like again, he—it's—it's it's his family's plot, and to many, he's become like this embodiment of the sort of remnants of of, of the slave trade. And I think reducing that to this one person isn't helpful because we're now like. But I'm not. I, that's why I made the point of saying that he, Richard Drax, and the royal family, and I p placed it within the context of most commercially successful act, British actor of his generation, conservative MP, the royal family. I'm talking about them almost, I'm talking about Benedict Cumberbatch almost as an institution. I'm talking about Richard Drax as, a, as almost an institution. Obviously the royal family is an institution. What I am saying is, is that specific, with specific regards to that film, even if it is like, it's not a, it's probably a drop in the ocean for him, whatever the fee was. We've also talked about the power of symbolic gestures. If he'd have come out and said what you're saying, which is that obviously this is a part of my family's history, it is awful. I want to portray the awfulness of that, but I also want to, in some small way, give back by donating the fee. It wouldn't. I wouldn't have smoke. But I wonder if it goes back to that British Council thing, the British Council, the British Museum thing of like, well, if I give up that fee, then they're going to say, well. What, what about the family riches? Because you know where that came from. And it's like, I just, I, I my frustration is, is that 
I don't have, a, like, and none of us do have a lot, but I have, I have been in so many situations where I'm like, I can't take on that role because I'm not the right person for it. I can't do this because this is not my space. I, th and I think it's the right thing to hold space for others as a, just a general rule. Pay into, pay, pay into things, show up for things that don't affect you. I, I strongly believe that. But my smoke comes because I see people that have the most who aren't doing that, but would then moralize and lecturize. And that's not a specific Cumberbatch point. That's my general frustration with this kind of topic. Jalo famously played Boris Johnson <laughs> in a Hollywood movie. Um, this is the thing, he's a Nepo baby. He's a Nepo baby to seize on the discourse of today. And not only that, he's a posh boy and a liberal-minded movie star. So Joe Wright Online has their ideal villain in Benedict Cumberbatch. But being entirely serious for a second, I think that I, like, as we said, like I don't believe in the sort of sins of the father unless those sins are perpetuated. Yeah, and agreed. I just think we've got enough villains in this world without without sort of creating them. However, as you say, the institutions, the mechanisms um, that sustain that uh, need to be smashed. Them I forget I beat him. I do also want to point out, so in something that I read, the, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but the main guy who was respond in Barbados, who's part of the sort of committee that is looking after reparations in Barbados, um, he responded to this whole thing about Cumberbatch, where he was saying the way that it was phrased in, because again, I think this was initially released through a Telegraph article. So the, he said that the way that it was phrased made it seem like we were coming after Benedict Cumberbatch as an individual, but we're looking at, like you said, all of the institutions that we're aware of to seek reparations from them. Um, and I think there's something to be said about almost creating a distraction out of using Benedict Cumberbatch to, to say, oh, look at this, Th this is what reparations is. It's gonna be going after individuals to seek money and they're, they're basically gonna want yeah. everything back. And But that's really not what it's about. It is more about targeting companies, uh, governments, and actual institutions for reparations. And I think even that committee in Barbados, I, I don't know what they're officially titled, but that is what they said. Mm. They were like, that is our plan, is to target governments and companies. And to look at it as, now we're making this big story out of Benedict Cumberbatch when it's like, okay, but there really is value actually in seeking reparations from the right entities. Have you seen season three of Atlanta? Nope. There's an episode where people start to get reparations and it's brilliant, brilliant TV. You all need to watch it. It's one of those standalone episodes that doesn't build to the plot of the story. None of that. It's just its own episode. And the whole thing points around what you're saying. It gets to the point where people are having a certain amount removed from their paycheck every month because they find out that their great, 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 great grandfather owned slaves and then that part of their paycheck goes straight to the 
the family that are the descendants of the enslaved people. And that is the part where people start to go crazy about reparations in the States in this fictional version because it's happening to the individual now rather than it being institutional. But what's funny about that is that the UK was paying the debt to slave owners up until 2015. And where does that, where were we able to pay for that debt? Well, not me because I wasn't here, but taxpayers. So individual people were paying back a debt to slave owners for losing their property from 1833 or whatever it was up until 2015. So for people to complain about, even if it did come to individual people paying reparations and doing something like that, Mm. you've already done it. You just paid slave owners. Yeah. (laughs) Before we move on as well, I need to say I don't dislike Barbados. (laughs) <laughs> beautiful country beautiful people good music love calypso love soca love macaroni pie but there's a few too many tourists mm. is all i'm saying about <laughs> yeah. it looks like a story retirement look village. you're just a proud jamaican no genuinely yeah. i love st lucia it just because there's parts of jamaica that also have a lot of yeah but not the whole island <laughs> yeah that's well c- can you imagine tourists in tivoli <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've got the episode title right. <laughs> and it's it's a segue from over in the Caribbean to the UK. A journey made many years ago by the Windrush generation. We've lived through the promise and the tragedy and the scandal that the Windows generation suffered in the UK and they were permitted a stay of execution, I guess, in the UK. And now, I guess, elements of that promised safety net are being removed, allegedly, or planned to be removed by now Home Secretary Suella Braverman. Are you surprised, Tom? Are you surprised, Dan? I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> not in the slightest. I'm not, not surprised. Not in the slightest. Didn't even bat an eyelid when I saw it. 75th anniversary is coming up. But we got a statue in Waterloo. <laughs> Sick. Have you seen it? It's wonderful. And, and this is the thing. It's I. I. It was. I saw it and I just thought. Uh, I've. I've. It's. I've almost. I've almost got nothing to say on this. Almost. It's, and the thing is, it's it's the explanation around these things and it's the parade of civil servants and the parade of party voices trying to explain and and minimise the harm and talk around the lies and say, we've done this, we've done that. Uh, it's almost be grateful for the fact that you've been allowed to exist in these islands for so long. And I recently rewatched actually uh, Small Axe and mm-hmm. someone posited the question to me, like, why would they stay if they'd be treated in this way? And I said, well, people genuinely thought it was their home. People were invited here as guests to rebuild a nation ravaged by war and promised a share of, of 
the, the land that they helped build. When that land then became prosperous and communities started to form, that contract was broken. And it's then of no surprise today, again, to, to be on the cusp of another contract seemingly about to be broken again. It's one of, like, I'm quite a morbid person, quite macabre. I will make jokes about a lot of things. Um, but there was one part in the uh, article that talks about this that really chilled me, and I was like, I cannot find the funny. Like, you mentioned Black Boris. The whole thing of that is finding the funny. Like, but I could not find the funny in this line. So it says a Whitehall source said the decision to drop the recommendations. So there were all these recommendations that the government said, yeah, we will follow those. Um, so he said the decision to drop Williams' recommendations was supported by Downing Street and was meant to curb potential critics of Sunak's flag flagship policy. And then this was the line. The Home Secretary is doing what is necessary to make sure everything is done to stop the boats. The Williams review is not set in stone. Do you see the sleight of hand? Do you see the sleight of hand? Do you see how these motherfuckers will go, even though we invited you over, we're going to conflate you with people that are leaving their countries, probably because of bombs that were built in this country being dropped on their homes. Mm -hmm. And this idea, and, and it's, it's the same thing that the NFL did, did with the concussion lawsuit. We dragged this out long enough, the people that will have to pay will die. So let's keep dragging it out because if you came over on Windrush in the 50s, you got about another five years left and we can be regretful and we can push things back and da 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 and then you're dead and it's fine, we save some money. This is why I have smoke for everybody all the time because I recognize at any point my uh, nationality, my right to remain can be snatched away. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter that I'm second generation. Doesn't doesn't matter that I have given. Doesn't matter that three of my three of my siblings and out of the four, uh, either work for the NHS or work in education. We've literally given back. Doesn't matter because this is what we are about. So I'm not even talking about reparations. I'm not talking about restoration. I'm not talking about redress. I'm talking about people in my family who were being kicked out of this country had to go to a place that they didn't know because they came over here when they were young and die waiting for their restitution. <laughs> so where, where, if you can find the funny in that, you're a funnier person than I am. And so, yeah, that's, that's why I needed to talk about it. Yeah, you're right, there's not much to say on it, but understand why we might have smoke where you might not see any. Yeah, and there's also the bullshit too because it's clearly about brown people because if you are someone fleeing the Ukraine, there's a very clear process for how you can come over here. And I was, cause I was like, okay, well, is this gonna be a blanket application to all immigrants? And I'm not saying that people from the Ukraine obviously shouldn't be able to seek asylum here. Of course they should. But if you look at, there's a whole page on the UK government website that says, if you have a sponsor here, they could have any immigration status, they could be any nationality, as long as they say that you can come over here, then you can come over here. Did you see uh, Swella Braverman at the select committee when she was asked, how would somebody that is not from the mm -hmm. Ukraine legally 
come here if they were seeking asylum. She mm. deferred, didn't she, to a civil service? She could not answer clue. the question. Mm-hmm. This is and the most insidious thing, and it was it was uh, it was uh, was it Musa or no? It was Nels that so beautifully highlighted it that said the future of fascism. Uh, will have a brown face because they can say and do things that a white face cannot. We're here because it's Rishi Sunak's government and Suella Bravman is Home Secretary that is basically said, fuck them black people. I mean, we all called it about four episodes ago. Yeah. So none of this, none of this is a surprise to me. But yes, uh, like just love and support to the remaining members of the Windrush generation, and as a descendant of one of them, like all I can say is that I will continue to hold smoke for those that made life very difficult for you. And if you're feeling particularly low, just go to Waterloo Station and look at the beautiful statue they built for us all. <laughs> and check in with your friends who are from the Windrush generation and their descendants, so. A statue. <laughs> it's a blood clot statue. <laughs> <laughs> 2022. Statue. <laughs> <laughs> Statue. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't know if you were serious, but I'm just there, like, like when I've got too much salt and vinegar on my lip and chips. Like, mate, it's it's honestly a statue. Yeah, laugh or cry has not been more pertinent. <sighs> 2022 music, yeah. Good year, one. Yeah. Mm. Phenomenal. Yeah. <sighs> So I've got some, I'll just give you a rundown of what the ones were and just, you know, you can tell me your faves. We had Jid. Keep on swinging, little sis. Keep swinging, little bro. I'm about to swing on Terry Payne because he said my sister ho. Getting high from swishing sweets. Chariots are swinging low. Swats the cousin of police. Hang a nigga swinging, bro. We had, yeah, we had Vince. Mm-hmm. That's top three. Push. Top three. Bay. This is how I know. This is how I know. Top five, top five, mm. five, top three, top five, top five, top five. You've obviously not listened to Jid, man. If you've not got him up there, I didn't. I said he's top five. You've said you've, there's one more that you've got. Then I've got. Then I've got nothing more to say. Mm. Burner, <laughs> Sims. Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! Of I Conway. Oh, I thought Sims was good. I didn't think it was great. I agree. Yeah. But I mean, if you're putting out a se- an album every, every, every 15 days, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have some dips out, yeah. Yeah. Like her, her great is phenomenal compared to most people. Hers was yeah. great. It's just it, Simbi was unbelievable. Yeah. Scissor. Your love language, bad as I wanna be yours. I can get with your program, section like a slow jam. Stick around cause I want to. <sighs> too long. No, I disagree. Well, I, Far too I, long. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, it, it was too long, but I I can listen to the whole thing through, and I have. Yeah, and yeah, I, I have done that. I have well, done that. I'll just, I'm going to also just share a video in the group, which I think should be considered in this, which was released the other day. Is it the Kill Bill video? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, but yeah. I'm going to circulate that. That's, I think that needs to be taken into account. Uh, Kenny? Of course. Do you love me? Do you trust me? Can I trust you? Don't judge me. I'm a diehard. It gets ugly. Too passionate. It gets ugly. Wiz. It's not in my top ten. Kendrick. Not Kenny. In my top ten. Kendrick. 
yeah, couple of great cuts didn't like the whole the whole thing. I did. I cried. Yeah, you, you, you said that you didn't like the colors dropout last time we did this, so you know you talk shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I, I, I stand. I stand on mines. I stand on mines. Where's Gibbs? You, you're missing a huge one. Um, oh, you mean Drake and Twenty One Savage? What <laughs> <laughs> were you talking about? Oh, I slapped the taste oh, out your mouth, boy. Yeah. Um, Herbert. Oh, I, I didn't really like it. No. To be honest, Absol, Simba. D- that was all right. Black Radio Three. I'm not hearing Good Brent Fires. The, uh, I'm not hearing Brent Fires. Brent was Brent was just outside my top. So Brent Fires is top three, Brent. and he's not three. But listen to it back. The, the I, I do. Mad. I do. A bit mad. I do. It's a bit fuckboy for you, that. Mm. Mate, you is. know me. <laughs> I had my villain in. I, I didn't realize you were toxic like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's that's. It's a phenomenal album. This sounds very good. And then I've just put this is a, this. You can't really consider any of this because it's too much of it. But Salt Vault. Oh, oh. there's too much of it but it's the, it's like I've now just got the thing on the playlist and I just let it yeah. go for the day because there's so like I, at some point I will find the one that I like the best but at the minute I'm just letting it all that's there um, I might be very very late to the party here but I bought what was her last album called not Mother Theo Sol was it Rose and oh one that's Mm-mm-mm. that album is unbelievable i bought it on on vinyl the other day and in the liner notes and the, the artwork and everything it's got like a little ode to inflow i didn't realize that that was baby daddy and that they were together was uh, was that well known not to me we also was with to be honest, I didn't, yeah i didn't really know much about <laughs> inflows but i mean he was he was very very um What's it? Elusive, wasn't it, for a long time? But uh, bro, he's imagine the music in that household. He's drinking won't remind his business, and I respect it. 100%. It's, it's unbelievable. It. That output has been ridiculous. You've also forgot another great album this year. Beyond. Cool Kids. Yeah. Beyonce, obviously. He said Beyonce. I said B. Oh, he said B. I said, oh, Bay. He said Bay. Yeah. Could, could, could I mention two more? Uh, that's what they are. Okay, so the soundtrack. Arctic Monkeys. How was that? I actually really enjoyed that. That was good, yeah. Shit, I don't do that. One, the Intergalactic soundtrack. I really like that. That was. I don't even know what that is. Kid Cudi. It's, Kid, it's a Kid Cudi album. Okay. Um, I ain't trying to hear Kid Cudi. I've not listened to Kid Cudi for a long time. <laughs> I listened to him at college. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and then the second one was ASAP 12's album last year. Mm. Like, it was one of those where, you know, you, you know that Shaq clip where he's like, uh, you know, Kansas don't know how to make no hot, hot sauce. And then he bites into it, he's like, I'm sorry, Kansas. I was like, I don't, I don't mess with ASAP unless he's Rocky. Then I was like, I'm sorry, ASAP 12. Like, that ASAP 12, 12 is very, very good. He, his flow is, is nice. Uh, yeah. The, Did any of you listen to the West Side Boogie album? I kept telling everyone to listen to it. Promise I'll be all right. I've been placing my value off relevance in your life. Promise I'll be okay. Tell me that I'll be straight. Honestly, this been feeling like some shit that I can't shake. I- oh my That's God. such a good album. It is so, so good. It was like Mr. Morale before Mr. Morale came out. It's like, oh. 
proper, proper therapy. Look, I was on some fuck shit. I'm actually a grown up now. It's really good. Really, really good. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out something that is just a little bit heartwarming if you want some smooth reggae Frank Sinatra. Shaggy. Oh, oh Shaggy the Shark. <laughs> <laughs> Come fly with me. Come fly with me, man. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic boost, then come fly with me. Sting produced. Sting produced. Yeah. Has anyone heard this, the Shaggy and Sting? Oh. I did. I did. It, I'm not going to lie. I was laughing the whole time, so I can't even tell you if it was good. I just thought it was... I'm like, Mr. Lover Lover's going to doing this. <laughs> Sting's been making reggae from day, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, we know Sting loves that. Count with it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, I've got a sleeve pick as well. Not an album, but my favourite song of the year is Future. Uh, what's it called? Puffin' on Zooties. Chief had a flight, nigga can't even see me on way out of here. I'm too fly in the sky. Heard me as ash for the dark, my ash. Bitch, so pretty, little better than Cassie. Listen to me. No, no, I did. That was not That's a big right. tune. Um, I've got a couple artists. I don't know if they dropped albums, but that I discovered this year. Um, Junior Simba. They're act pretty much all like club music, but Junior Simba slaps. Go listen to it. It's really, really good. Uh, Uncle Waffles. Naya Archives. Really great as well. Um, and then I just want to shout out because I just think this song's so funny. Lil Uzi Vert just want to rock. Like, everybody releasing these dance tracks. Oh, I love it so much. Damn. I cannot stand it. It's so funny. It's so funny. What I would say. I'm not going to say for quality. I'm going to say purely for laughs. It's not everyday lyrical miracle, is it? <laughs> you don't mean to direct that to me. <laughs> no, honestly. But we were, we were talking about it down in the hallway, but I would be remiss to not mention last last oh, of course it is 100% 100%, 100%. I remember I will never forget when we were out the sound system at carnival this year Channel mm-hmm. one sound system and there was the old dread and last last came on and he started going for it proper going for it hands were up <laughs> singing to the lord singing to jah <laughs> honestly I, I was watching it i was like this is mad and then just the most random play i heard it in a bar in norway this year i've heard it doing the rounds in jamaica in this wherever i've been i've heard that song i brought it to big big palm springs when we were in bellagio i swear we no como como, como city we heard it there yeah. as well yes. it's like this yes, is mad did. this is the biggest song in the world this year mm. did you see him singing alone in jamaica Oh man. Holy. I was like, I don't need to open some windows, getting real dusty listen, up in here. Listen, Afro Beats went home when it went to Jamaica. Look, it was, yes, it was paying homage. Yeah, it went home. Also, I want to shout out Megan. She had a new album that came out, and I think it's been totally overshadowed by all the, oh, the, all the bullshit. Well, at least he's going down. But I did like the album, and there are some songs that hit. Which one is it? Oh, my my one of my favorite. My favorite. Traumatized. No, Traumazine. Oh, Traumazine. I also one bought a t-shirt that said. Oh, Precious, that one's. Oh, Precious, pussy bomb, yeah, explosive. 
it's soaking. I smoke this. I'm stomping on hoes so motherfucking hard. I'm knocking out more of your tokens. It also, it's also uh, her is on there, and um, as in the song, her. Yeah. And um, anxiety, which I really appreciated. And one of the lyrics is bad bitches have bad days too. I did go on the website when I was drunk. I did buy the t-shirt. Did you see but did the actual the actual website, not not the song website? So basically she set up a, it's a mental health thing. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no, I wasn't on, so, I went on her uh, previous shop website. Yeah, so she set up like a mental health uh, service or something called bad bitches have bad days too i remember sharing oh. this when i was at we are social so it's like must have been the beginning of half the year so it was a proper like it was a serious thing and she'd set up i should have worn i should have worn the t-shirt today no the song that i've been listening like, i should the one that i've oh ungrateful yeah so you you were wearing the t-shirt because you thought you were just a bad bitch as opposed to no, I was literally like, <laughs> Just, I am about we it. fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've decided it's going to be my, like, when I'm PMSing t-shirt, I'm going to wear it so people know. <laughs> so There's a lyric here from this album which says, I'm stomping on house so motherfucking hard, I'm knocking out Mario tokens. <laughs> is, I love her. She's amazing. She's so good. Right, bring us home, Dan. What are, quickly, your hopes for 2023? Um, oh, God. less words, more action. <laughs> Fix the shoulder and not die in surgery. Two things. Last year, I was very much a human doing, and this year, I just want to be a human being. And also, I signed up for Iron Man, so it's the one doing that I'm gonna do <laughs> this year. What's yours, then? Compound last year's wins, wins on wins, and Arsenal mm. to bring it home. If 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 that's what it takes, let's let's do it. There we go. Let's get pun board. Also, just really quickly in numerology, it's a seven year this year, so everybody get prepared for some deep self work. That's my last little astrology numerology bit for this episode. Lucky number seven. Mm. And we out. Mm.